Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? No, Wanda, that wasn't an invitation. (laughs) All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Glee. Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. My name is Karina Stokes. My name is Ian Brodsky. And we've returned to you, my dear friends. We took a little break, and now we're back. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Um, Year. So far, knock on wood, no insurrections. Yeah, so Um, a big step up. Off to a better start. Somehow, though, um, more COVID, which I'm pretty impressed by. Right. Somehow more COVID, but also, like, less scary COVID in a yes. way. I don't know. <sighs> wow. You know, the, We're world not scientists. Is, the world's a dumpster. So what better way to cope with it than to talk about season two <laughs> of Glee? We are here today to discuss with you season two, episode 14 of Glee, entitled Blame It on the Alcohol. Yes. <laughs> this episode originally aired February 22nd of 2011, which I watched the episode before I looked up what date it aired, and then after I watched it, I re- found out the date, I was like, hmm, this makes sense song-wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you already know, I mean, and if you don't, you already know you what already is going know. to be in this episode. Um, um, my favorite thing, first off, is that uh, we made a we're professionals we have a calendar invite for this meeting to record and it just says glee aggressive alcohol (laughs) i made it very quickly and i was just and that's that's what what came out but i thought of that too so i appreciate that um so i mean bottom line up front i feel like this is one of the more honest episodes of tv yeah about drinking and um like teenage drinking and like what actually happens like it's not like uh, it's not like scared straight. Uh, no, it ends. It does get a little preachy at the end. We'll talk about it. Yes, but yeah, it's and according to some of the reviews I read too, some people thought it was sort of like a like relatively realistic take on teen drinking. That you're basically right. like, we know you're probably gonna do it. All we ask is that you do it in a way that doesn't lead to your death, which right. is a pretty like low bar that hopefully most people can. Right. Just hop on over. But we get this recap. It just basically recaps all of the couples. Right. It's the relationship um, recap. Very standard. Right. And it's one of those things where, like, I guess I kind of needed it because I forget that Glee didn't take a break the same time we did. No, we took their break a couple episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. And also, question: uh, Is this current coupling, formerly known as Sam Tana? No, I guess I don't even know if they like. Sam Tana's, like, barely a blip on my radar. Okay. So, not enough I mean, that I can, like, confirm that this was definitely a thing, but it obviously, that's the obvious name choice. Right. Still a missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, and so we we start off after this relationship recap with, like, right in the principal's office, Figgins has called Will in to give us some exposition today, which is to say that, apropos of nothing, a teen <laughs> drinking epidemic has taken over the school look okay two things on the scene well more than that but like two things off the top one 
I appreciate that Will says, uh, like, pretty right away, this, there's never been a drinking problem here. Right. And two, Figgins calls it giggle juice. Oh my god, you know what else he calls it? What? He calls it the wet devil. Yes. Yes, he does. Wild. I was reeling from giggle juice, and then he came out there with, he followed up giggle juice with the wet devil, and I went, oh, no thank you. (laughs) Uh, of course, there are now alcoholic beverages targeted to kids. As college students in 2011, I feel like we can speak to that because there was absolutely hypnotic. There was Four Loco. I was, there was yeah. Mike's Hard. Um, okay. We got pretty lit on some Mike's Hard back in There's the day. There's still Mike's Hard, and it still slaps, I say, as it's a delicious. person of a reasonable drinking age. But I, I'm guessing that this episode is like alluding to the four loco like oh yeah and to the point where i thought like oh fuck is this maybe gonna delve into like glee's off-brand four loco and like mention it by name and be like this shit will get you extra fucked up um right. for to note in all of college so we actually were in college around the time that four loco got banned oh uh, yeah so four loco was there and then suddenly it was like you couldn't get anymore i have only yeah. ever drank about a quarter of a can of four loco Never had I've only ever had one sip. Yeah. And I decided that's enough. Yeah. Me and my friends were like, we'll split one. We'll get one and, like, see what the hype is about. Because we definitely knew people who were, like, right. four loco heads. And oh, yeah. we got one, like, I poured a little bit of it into a cup, and I was like, this mostly tastes like grape gasoline. And I'm afraid uh, of what it's going to do to my body. Absolutely. Yo, and we've seen the effects of, of that yeah. on some of our closest friends, and it is <laughs> wild. <sighs> don't recommend no um, um yeah and he says the other thing to blame besides delicious uh baby alcohol beverages for children is the pop music of rising star kid yeah which we absolutely called her in college Kedala-ha. we were all about like yeah, yeah. play that kadalaha song because that was when TikTok on the clock not the yeah app. not the app although spelled the same yes that is yes. important to know that kesha was on it um just off the top now, I'd like to apologize for how I used to believe in Kesha, because Kesha now is fully an icon, and even all of her old songs absolutely slap. Absolutely. Big Kesha fan. She's doing it right, and her oh, yeah. comeback is amazing. Motherfucking woman. She is a motherfucking woman. So therefore, it is Alcohol Awareness Week, number one. Fine. And number two, Glee has to perform highlighting the dangers of teenage drinking at the assembly next week. I mean, okay. A plus like high school series trope in a way. Like, yeah, it it does like very classic setup. It does feel like this episode's like Glee is gonna do an after school special. Like Glee, it feels like the headlines could just basically be Glee tackles teen drinking. Right, and this being on Fox, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Back to the teacher's lounge. Is it the teacher's lounge? Yes, yeah, teacher's lounge. I was excited yeah. to see Emma. I was like, oh, we haven't seen her in a little bit. And then I was yeah. like, oh, but now Will's here. And right. I got less and excited. Like, off, and off the bat, Will goes, enough of us not being friends. And I wrote, I don't think that's up to you. Yeah, right? You don't get to choose that. Also, it's wildly inconvenient to give someone a toaster at their <laughs> Yo, thank you. Because the fucking one-two punch of, surprise, we're friends again. I got you a toaster. Yeah, because you're apparently... I've heard through the grapevine you're trying to buy a house with John so, Stamos. So here's a toaster. And every house needs a toaster. Two slices, baby. You think that 
John Stamos and Emma are two fully grown functioning adults. You think they don't own a toaster between them? Like, I mean, and he's a dentist, like, so he probably makes some pretty good money. Nice toaster. So now they just have three toasters to deal with. (laughs) What's the second toaster? Emma probably. There's no way Emma doesn't own a toaster. It's a very basic appliance, and she seems Uh, like a girl who likes toast. (laughs) You know what does? It gets hot. It burns the germs off. Makes sense. Right. Just some nice crunch in her bread to to start the day. Yeah, start the day. And then I'm asked how he's doing. Not the Glee Club. My <laughs> note here is not the Glee Club. Not me. Not Hermione. You. Great. So our we're, we're, we're nothing but TikTok. In fact, this is a TikTok themed episode now. Look, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it, but also Harry Potter marathons are my constant. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, enter Sue immediately being like, you should join AA preemptively. Yeah, Sue Because just... your life is so fucking sad. Sue coming in with a lot of AA jokes, and I'm like, this feels weird to me. Yes. What a weird thing to be like, this is your game this episode. Right? You're just writing AA. Okay. <laughs> this is where I remember that she's the coach for, uh, yep. vo- not vocal, or- oral intensity. I was yeah. Thank you. I was gonna say four different bands. Yes. None of them correct. She pushed the previous director of Oral Intensity down the stairs twice, twice. to get this job. Yeah, because no one is lining up to coach Glee Club because it's a sucky club for losers. Yeah, but she's Great a champion. Classic. So but they'll she's take a champion. Her. Um, I do love the line. Stop. Start climbing the steps because when you get to the top, I'm gonna knock you right back down. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I I love Sue. I don't love. Jokes that are fully based around, like, alcohol addiction recovery feels kind of no. bad, but you do yeah. you, Gilly, I guess. <laughs> we uh, we start the next scene off right away with, sup, my hot little Jewish-American princess, which, you know. Yeah, so we're in the choir room, Rachel's at the piano, Puck waltzes in, and they have the most, the conversation that I think sounds the most like two people reading from a script that we've ever had in Glee. Yeah, I'll give... Yes. Oh, my God, Because yeah. what it needs to be is it needs to be Puck, and like, setting up that Rachel's house is empty and he wants to have a party there. Like, right. And it, the whole time they're speaking, I'm just like, this doesn't sound anything like what these people would ever normally say. Right. Especially... I, I don't know something about her being like, what do you want, Puckerman? Like, actually yeah. calling him Puckerman. That seemed a little off to me for God knows why. Um a little out of character it just it all felt very much like biggins walking up and saying there's a drinking problem now this was like right. Puck being like i'm setting up the scene to have a party later and you're like <laughs> yeah okay subtlety works too um some right. fact from this is rachel's home alone right now because her dads are on the rosie o'donnell cruise honestly fully believe it that is probably the most believable piece of of this episode. Of this whole thing. I'd love to know what the Rosie O'Donnell cruise looks like. I forget. I remember that being a whole thing back around that time. It was very, from what I remember, it was very Broadway, very LGBTQ plus friendly. Makes like, sense. it was very inclusive five day trip on the seas, hosted by Rosie. Of course. Um, you know who else but... has a celebrity cruise? Paula Dean. Yikes! Yeah, you can go on a Paula Deen cruise. Like, still, like post cancellation. Oh, no. She, I don't know if she does. Still, obviously, things have changed since I saw an article about it many years ago. But it was definitely oh. post cancellation. You could still go on a Paula Deen cruise. 
I mean, I'm just imagining the butter possibilities. I'm sure butter was featured heavily. They they get really creative with food options as it is on a carnival cruise. Yeah, and now it's just that, but everything's also covered in butter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a water slide, but it's butter. Oh. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. So greasy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Rachel and Puck um, read off their script about their party, and then... Right. And then Finn comes in. Finn comes in with Brad the pianist. Yep. Because this is where we have to remember that the that my favorite song of the series isn't good enough for nationals. Right. So Rachel has to write a song about quote what she knows, just like Carol King and Jerry Goffin. So she sings a song about what you may ask, not about the heartbreaks that she's dealt with this year or last year. (laughs) From the one or two, maybe even three, yeah, girls had relationships. Yeah. She has plenty of, like, relationships to sing about, but instead she chooses what, Karina? She writes a song. Rachel does the classic technique when you're, like, told to write about something, and you just kind of look around, and, like, you make up a fake name based on things you see in your peripheral, except for this, and she's like, I think I will write a song about my headband. The first thing she saw on her side table, I assume. Right. Rachel's like, songs about accessories only. Right. I was laughing because Finn is like, is this a song about your headband? Rachel goes, yes, it's called my headband. He's like, oh, okay. And then, like, (laughs) at some point she drops one of her songwriting influences as, like, she talks about Carole King and she talks about Joni Mitchell. And then I was like, I now need to know what Ian thinks because I feel like you and Rachel Berry have cited similar songwriting, um... Oh my god. Similar songwriting influences, and I was like, this could be... Who's gonna win? (laughs) Do you and Rachel Berry have a similar process? We'll never know. I mean, yes, that is my own little songwriter secret that Mm -hmm. I will never divulge, except I've talked about it so many times if you're just friends with me and you have me for five minutes and bored. Ian but, too writes writes songs about accessories he keeps. Yes, on his my deodorant. Side table. I have I have one. I have three sticks of deodorant within arm's reach right now. So honestly, coming in twenty twenty two. You could really do something with that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I was just um, laughing. I'm like, oh no, oh Rachel. And like the whole episode is her vaguely being like seventies dish, like theme yes. costume wise. Oh my god, um, we were going to talk about the party dress, but yes. Um, <laughs> I love that she was like. How am I supposed to wrong, write a song like Joni Mitchell or Carole King? They lived! And I'm like, yeah, they were also, like... They also, like, wrote for other people, and, yeah. like... they they It took some time for them to become famous. None of them were 16. Well, Carole King got got started early, but she wasn't famous until... Later. Anyway. Regardless. Different podcast. Different podcast. <laughs> so let's do a little living, Rachel. Throw the party. Okay. You know, yeah. as someone who surprising probably no one here uh did not drink at all in high school like not not once not until the day i graduated and even then um my mom likes to laugh at me because we had like so we had what was called senior party at my school which is post-graduation they would basically rent out like a sports field and lock all of the seniors in there overnight. Like, people would come and you'd set up tents with your friends. They had, like, a ball pit and, like, snacks and sodas. And, like, and the, the idea is, like, we know you're going to, like, we know what you're going to do. But at least here, you're supervised enough and literally locked inside a gated area. So you can't Okay, it was a drive. gated area. Yeah, okay. like, it's like a football field, but 
Okay. Like, so... I imagined it just as, like, an over... Like, a big barn. No. I mean, that the concept is the same. We just didn't have a big barn. Um, okay. So, like, the day of graduation, you go and you set up your tent beforehand. And they make, like, a show of checking all your shit. But it's, it's how you sneak your alcohol in. And so we were, like... Me and my friends, who were lame. Let me... I cannot overstate that. We were lame. <laughs> we are like, we're gonna... We got, like, a friend's older sister to buy us some alcohol. And what we did was we poured it out we and we got like little travel mouthwash bottles mm-hmm. and we filled each of those up with vodka and shoved uh, seam ripped open a pillow shoved the bottles into the fluff of the pillow so you couldn't feel them and then put it in very elaborate setup right so you right. think we were going to get like fucking crazy we finished between four of us one scoped mouthwash bottle which means I drank about a quarter of a shot of vodka right. mixed into a full Coke. And I was like, you had, whew. You had a sip. I had a literal sip. It's like I took it and rubbed it on my lips. And, yeah. And that was it. That <laughs> was crazy. That was it. And then it was like, wow, I've done it, guys. I'm a rebel now. <laughs> and knowing your mom, I'm sure she really made fun of you for it. Years, yeah, now she's like, dumb fuck. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> But yeah, so it's decided we're going to throw this party, and Great. then we, we cut to the hallway, our place to have all our private conversations, and Santitney calls Art Sadie's. Love this. Love, Love this scene. Love this. Love this theme. We got some, and like, telephone game shit going on, like, yes, walking down the hall. always A-plus material. And so the Rachel Berry house party train wreck extravaganza is a go, which, yes. you know, for that name alone, I'm in. Oh my god, we cut to the party. Or the beginnings of the party. Yes. Rachel Berry is wearing an iconic, like, nightgown, like, mint, lace-lined, like... Yes. Lady of, like, 70s lady nightgown. Her hair is, like, expertly curled. She looks like she looked up, she googled what to wear to a party, but her Google time was accidentally time-stamped, like, 30 years ago. (laughs) It's right. so beautiful. It's so Rachel. It made right. me laugh so hard. It was very on. It was very on brand. Very in character. Yep. Like she set this whole thing up to have drink tickets. Oh my god. Um, sort of pseudo karaoke. She doesn't even set up karaoke. She they just. It's in her basement. Of course, she just has a stage in her basement because right. she's Rachel Berry, and that's the kind of environment she lives in. She doesn't want things to get out of hand, so she did set up a drink ticket system for wine coolers, which is just the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, Also, hey, how did Artie get in here? Oh, no. Oh, my. This is in a basement. Oh, dear. I figured probably, like, because they don't have an elevator down to here. Let's be real. I mean, yes, let's be real, but also the houses that... Kurt and Rachel have their parents are making money oh yeah whatever Rachel's gay dads are doing they're doing a great job so I must I have to assume since we see Finn arriving that maybe Puck and Mike Chang have to like carry Artie down a full flight of stairs like it's not like three or four stairs it's a full flight and then they have to then they all get drunk and they have to get him out yes and not, not only do they have to bring him down, then they have to bring the wheelchair down too. Yeah, it's a it's <sighs> a 
Glee writers did. They're like, it, it's all fun Minus and games. Minus one point. It's all fun and games to have a character in a wheelchair until you want to throw a party in a basement and you don't think about that. Hungly. <laughs> it's all fun and games until there's stairs. You've you've just abandoned the, your boy in this basement because he's yeah. not getting out until the next well, morning. Well, to be fair, you had Finn and Kurt not actually drinking. Yeah, I don't know how much help Kurt is going to be getting a. A, a man Valid. his size up the stairs maybe that Finn is true they are it. the same size yeah um Ugh. i do uh, I'm, i just have this uh kurt's keeping it chill but blaine is lit yeah um, oh my god so rachel's convinced by everyone trying to leave her party that they should open up the liquor cabinet and like fully go for it yes and Buck convinces her the moment they s- decide to fully go for it what starts playing but the iconic 2010-2011 drinking jam, like a G6. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, cho- I heard that and I was like, oh. Talk about songs that had a chokehold over 2011. Such a chokehold. And that's like the drinking song. It's so true. Like every college party. I mean, you, heard you it. couldn't walk 20 feet in Main Street, New Paltz on a Friday night without hearing that. You heard it no matter what. You're getting slizzard. Like, we all know it. That and TikTok. Like, two songs. This is just oh the God. episode of songs that just had us in a sleeper hold in 2011. Yeah, this, while I can't relate to people drinking in high school, this, like, 2011 era house party, I'm like, yeah, that's... And really what this is, this whole scene of the party is a 2011 era theater kid house party. Yes, yes. Point to Glee, they actually do a really good job of it being a theater kid party. This is a theater kid party. Yeah, and not just because Blaine and Rachel have to sing a duet together, but yes. also because Finn very perfectly breaks down all the drunk characteristics of people, just like Mean Girls. Yes, he does a BuzzFeed-style which drunk girl are you kind of quiz here for us. Ian... What kind of drunk girl are you? Um, well, you know, I have, I have levels. I'm, I have, a, I contain multitudes yes. as I go. Um, so I got like, you're buzzed, you're tipsy, you're like, m- drunk. Yeah. Where, like, the first few stages, I'm, like, if I'm, if I'm putting it in, like, college, uh, terms, or if I'm mm-hmm. placing myself in my college years. Which I think we are. Yeah, the first few drinks, I'm like sitting on a counter just kind of like squintily judging people for no reason about nothing and then once you get like past that then i'm drunk and i'm friendly Mm -hmm. and then i become eventually what i like to call president brodsky Mm. because if you don't know this about me now you do i was president of several clubs in college yep and i just rode that train whenever i was drunk enough and i was just the one being like hey you doing okay you need some water yo get this girl some water okay we got this one throwing up in the bathroom you here's what you're gonna do you're gonna take her home you you're gonna get her pizza you you're gonna get her a glass of water you you're gonna make sure that she doesn't fall asleep on her back and go i love you all i'm so (laughs) proud of you um sometimes ian has a a point where he becomes like feats of strength ian where he's like i am a trained I am a trained dancer. Look what my body can do. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, because that I have somewhere, but that is somewhere in the drunk pre 
pre-presidential Pre-presidential, stage. you turn into, like, feats of strength, Ian, where you're like, yes, I can do a one-handed cartwheel for you right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or I remember one time I was just, like, I was at a bar and someone was doing a split, and I was like, that's not a split, this is a split! Yep. And I just fully cooter slammed in the middle of E's bar. Yep, so, so that's how it goes. <laughs> what kind of drunk girl are you, Karina? It's your turn. Um, it goes from... Luckily, I don't... Neither you nor I are angry girl drunks, which I'm pretty proud of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I am is progressively louder and then yes. uh, peer pressure <laughs> drunk. Yeah. Which is to say, can I get everyone else to do what I want them to by just insisting on it over and over again? Whether that be more drinking or <laughs> scoot over, I want to put Oliver on the ox cord. <laughs> Sometimes you want to listen to the Oliver soundtrack at a party and you're not going to take no for your answer. Um, I'm fully surprised that we have not done that together. Yeah, it was a time. Yet. Um, which eventually it goes into, like, I'm tired of everyone and I'm going to, like, walking 15 feet ahead of everyone else. Um, yes. So there is a point where you and I are, are Irish goodbyers. Yeah. Where we'll just be like, okay, we're done here. We're done here. Bye. And, like, I'm pretty sure the year that you and I both lived in the city a couple times, we've been like, you done? Yeah, Yeah, we're going too. home. Bye. And it was great. So, yeah. yes. That is that is the levels. I will say, you're a very fun drunk at every stage. Yeah, we've had a good time. We've had some good times. We have. Um, um, fun fact, also, like, we were hoping this might be, like, an episode where maybe we'd get together, like, yeah. in, persa, uh, in persona, IRL, mm-hmm. and yep. do a drinking game to this. Um, but, you know... Omarion. Yep. So. Life. And also, it's a school night, so. It's a school night. Yeah. Um, so, enough about us. Let's talk about all the drinking personalities of the yes. of the, the new directions. We got Santana, who's weepy and hysterical. Yep. That's, I love that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Lauren and Quinn are the angry drunks who yell at Puck. That was very funny. Yes, I liked that. Oh, Quinn kind of had um a little bit of that uh, I like when she says like I used to have abs. It, it reminded me a little bit of like this is a lovers a lovers quarrel. Transatlantic Quinn came out a little bit. Yes. Uh, Brittany um, is stripper girl drunk. Sure. Fine. Uh, Mercedes uh, and Tina are happy girl drunk. Which honestly, you, I could have had a whole plot line of just them being happy girl I know. drunk. I would have been just fine with that. And Rachel and Forch is the needy, needy girl. girl. Drunk sure a mm, little rude okay. but probably true rude albeit accurate yep so as a result um therefore let's play spin the bottle i don't think i've actually ever played spin the bottle i did at my theater kid parties in high school there was no there drinking just spin the bottle so you just wanted to mac on each other pretty much that makes sense um yes there's some Interglee kissing very normal and <laughs> I mean it Question is like pre- did th- yes did this not remind you of like a kosher episode of Riverdale yeah it, it had like diet Riverdale energy where they're like okay we can't have whatever that fucking drug was that I refused to jingle like, jangle learn sure I, I just remember hearing that for the first time and I was like I'm out no I'm I can't you lost me you can't have you can't have a dude seriously named Sweet Pea, seriously talking about the dangers of Jingle Jangle. This God. episode 
felt like a diet version of that. The kiss that launches a plot is that um, Rachel spins and lands on Blaine, and they yes. mac out for a while, and then Kurt and they pops in. Like it. Kurt pops in with a very frantic face, and he's like, "Okay, that's enough." Yep. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Um, um, and of course, that was actually my note. Uh oh. Uh, yeah. That's fair. Well, because it culminates in the like whatever theater kids do when they feel like they have good chemistry, which is they sing a duet. Right. And they, uh, honestly, good choice for them. Yes. They sound great. I don't Love care this for number. this song. Really? But I don't care for the song itself, but this was a great rendition of that yeah. number. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. Um, big ol' side note, I do appreciate that Drunk Santana was like, no, no me gusta. Yeah. I own that guppy mouth. She was so fucking funny. Yes, because she was, Brittany and Sam also made out. I'm wondering if, yes. like, Santana's got, she got jealousy from all sorts of sides oh, on that kiss. Absolutely. Um, I love that as Blaine gets drunker, his hair gets slightly less hair gelled. I just think it's a yes. funny touch. Uh, I very, really yeah. like, so they do a duet of Don't You Want Me. Uh, yes. I forget who originally sings it, but I've always really liked that song. It is absolutely catchy. It's stuck in my head right now just because we talked about it. We talked about, about it. it, yeah. Um, also, the return of Bejeweled Mikes. Yes, which, of course, honestly, the only place it makes sense is in Rachel Berry's own home, that she yes. would just sit there and painstakingly bejeweled each mic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they sound great. It's a good song. They sound great together, too. Like Absolutely. They blend really yeah, well. Yeah, they, they sound 10 out of 10. Good number. Yeah. Um. But we gotta cut to the morning after. There's always a morning after. There's always a morning after, and this isn't exactly what you think it would be. No? Or maybe it is, I don't know. I guess because it implies that someone is hungover or Mm -hmm. dead asleep in a bed, and there is, but it's Blaine. Oh, yes. We're at literal the right morning after. Yes. um, Yes. Kurt... Dad, Bert, is yelling up the stairs because he's Kurt said he'd teach him how to cook brunch. Comes up, very sweet. Uh, comes in the room, hears like Kurt be like, I'll be out in a minute, and then him poke around from his vanity in his nice new room. And because they don't, they you can tell he moved, he doesn't live in the basement anymore. Um, yeah, and instead, Blaine is in his bed, and Bert is visibly uncomfortable with this, even though it does not look like terribly shifty as it were just right. uh he's there and also maybe just because i'm so far removed from the situation but if i kind of walked in and i was like okay no one's acting like they've been caught in the middle of anything right. here i would i would say okay maybe maybe it's truly just this dude had a bad night and yeah my son helped him out i can I also like- see though like bert newly sort of trying to like figure out how to navigate his son's sexuality being like hyper tense about this sort of thing sure. though like totally totally he couldn't use his logical sense to be like context clues this looks pretty I absolutely, nothing yeah i absolutely buy that as well yeah um but yeah then we go to back to school yep the hallway everybody's hung over as fuck two My, days later they had a party look, on saturday and it's monday maybe, morning Maybe y'all are 30 in real life and your hangovers last that long. Not when you're 16. When you are 16, you're good to run a marathon the next day. As Rachel Berry said, it tastes like pink, and those are the most dangerous ones. It's true. There's nothing more dangerous than a drink that tastes like pink. And I feel like I remember maybe you and Jenna in college quoting that. 
If it was, it might not have been on purpose, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes things really? just taste like pink. Okay. Unclear. Can't remember. Probably because of the also, said pink drink. Also, I don't know if I've ever had wine coolers. I don't think I have either. I've had, obviously, adjacent. Like, basically, a wine right. cooler and Meg's Heart or their sisters. Like, Smirnoff, yeah. A Smirnoff ice. Yeah, it's all the yeah. same sort of deal. But I also don't think I've ever had an honest-to-God wine cooler. Right. Um. Anyway, so... Everyone's hungover, but Artie brought Bloody Mary's, Hair of the Dog, yo. Fine. Uh, so they sing Blame It on the Alcohol. They start in the hallway. They cut to doing that as a production number in Glee. Yeah, like, for Will. Um, for Will. They got these rotating couches on set. They're all wearing pleather outfits. It's like, this is very involved for an impromptu that, number. That was my biggest note, was like, what is the set budget here? Well, I guess, like, they probably got the Cheerios budget, so sure, it, it could make sense. But goddamn, two turntables. The turnaround on that build must have been wild. Wild. Or they, or they were like, yeah, we did Lay Miz two years ago and we, we happen to have a ready. turntable left over. Ian, gun to your head, who sings Blame It on the Alcohol? Jamie Foxx, right? Yeah, I can't believe you knew that off the top of my head. You have to top of your head. I, I don't know why. I think just because I remember that was around the time Jamie Foxx was... I just remember Jamie Foxx being kind of prevalent then. I mean, you're absolutely right, because this is another what I would call time capsule song. Like, this is a absolutely. song... We've not talked about the song Blame It on the Alcohol since 2011. Probably for right. good reason. It's not that great. Right. This isn't my favorite song of the, the episode. But, like, Artie and Mercedes, who are singing most of the leads, sound pretty good. They do, they do a pretty good job with it. It's a fun little music video of a number. Except yeah. Sam is just, like, sitting there on a rotating couch. It's hilarious. Yeah, he's not participating at all, but... Right. And the most impressive piece of this, of course, was the acting. Yeah. I really believed you, says Will Schuster. I really believed that you were drunk. It's because they were. Right. It's because they were. And a number where I was like, was Leah Michelle just not around for like rehearsal for this because she was barely in yeah it. she's in like one shot towards the end that's the first time yeah. i noticed her maybe maybe right yeah will is like shouldn't you be doing a song that highlights the dangers of drinking and they're like why drinking is just fun though and you're like right, like yeah they have that moment of the episode where they're like why none of us essentially like none of us got in trouble like none of us i the but... thing is will is like you need to find a new song we're gonna have to brainstorm a new song about the dangers of drinking and right. i didn't try to think very hard but very few songs about the dangers of drinking come to my mind agreed everything i don't know everything like if it's the dangers it's like blame it on the alcohol or um... right which is as they just said a song that kind of glorifies uh yeah like it says like hey Bad shit happens, but whatever, it's just alcohol. Right? Lizzo's juice? Oh. Um, but even that yeah. is still like... I mean, yeah, that's still blame it on the juice. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's like maybe a country song that's about like drunk driving. That seems like something a country star would sing about. Or like maybe there's some hidden Christian rock songs that are like... You don't realize it's a Christian band, but it's definitely about like not drinking and being for the lord instead right. but <laughs> right. that's all i got i couldn't think of any song that's like a popular culture song that's about how not fun drinking is so right. mm. yeah i could not think of anything listeners um, if you know of a song that's both a bop and is about the dangers of alcohol you let us know right so we cut to beast and will yes 
talking about how, basically, and the quote is, who am I to tell them not to drink when I did it at their age? Mostly to deal with Terry, LOL. Yikes. Women, am I right? And you married her? Bro. You married her. Bro. Bad sign, uh, buddy. I guess my divorce is starting to sink in. Ugh. Ugh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is sad will is sad. Sad will is sad. Meanwhile, Beast is eating a full fucking chicken again. Which we love for, We love this for her. So to blow off some steam, Will is going to go to Rosalita's bar with her. Yes. To get drunk. Great. Great. I like that for them. Yeah. Honestly, fun. <laughs> but before we go to this bar, we have to go to Rachel Berry in her room, sipping on a glass of bright pink wine. Yes. Listening to Carol King on vinyl. In what some might say is living the millennium dream. Um, Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very millennial. And then she decides to she's going to call Blaine because they had such chemistry at the party. Um, yes. So she calls Blaine, and even though she's, like, in her pajamas at home drinking her wine, Kurt and Blaine are out in the full daytime. Um... It's after school, clearly, because Will and Beast were just at school. So it's after school. Rachel came home, put on her pajamas, got out her wine and her Carol King, and whereas Kurt and Blaine went to the coffee shop. Uh, and This is like, I know I said kosher diet Riverdale before, yeah. but even furthermore, this is like a minor diet version of that Saved by the Bell episode where Jesse's addicted to caffeine pills. <laughs> Except and it's everyone's just... Like, just... Everyone is just day drinking? Question mark. Sure. I like, mean, it's it. It got it got a lot real fast. I don't love this plot that comes to follow, like this little mini plot of Rachel's like asks Blaine out to hang out. Blaine accepts, and then Kurt gets really mad that like mad mad at Blaine basically for being like you said you were gay, and Blaine being like, well, you know, I'm young and i've never actually dated anyone you know i'm right. trying to figure myself out what if i'm bi and like kurt's like that's not real and you're like okay neat right. um <laughs> don't love that um right very typical kurt is very being like i'm sure it's supposed to be read as like him coming from a place of mostly jealousy and also like being upset that someone he was looking up to, which is a lot to put on a fellow student, I'm gonna say, is right. abandoning him to try to date Rachel Berry, but I was like, this doesn't... This ain't it, Kurt. This ain't it, and in hindsight, it just reads as, like, bi-erasure Exactly. Or it is a, it is fully bi-erasure. We don't love that. We probably right. wouldn't do it now, you'd hope, but they did it then, and for a show that's supposed to be pretty good progressive underdog and especially pretty good particularly about their lgbtq issues this is a no from me dog yeah agreed oh did you notice in th that scene in that scene mm -hmm. blaine walks away and there is just a full old couple no. behind them that was clearly watching this happen amazing good just on you extras two just two clear extras that were just facing the camera as if they were about to say, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen Amazing. There. Good for them. I did not notice, right. but I'm so happy for them. 
Like, clearly they're retired. They are going to the coffee shop for their afternoon coffee or whatever. And what's this? Oh, honey, some entertainment. Look at these young homosexuals getting in a fight. Wow. A real homosexual. Ohio really is, the... <laughs> Ohio really is changing for the better, isn't it, darling? We hope that's what they're saying and not like, what if we... We should egg their uh, car. We... <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. But then we cut to Rosalita's Roadhouse. Yep. And I don't know why Will Schuster riding a bull was wild to me. Ian, have you ever ridden a bull? No, have you? No. Zach has, apparently. <laughs> I asked him when we were watching. How was that? He said it wasn't very fun. Okay. Also, something like I never think about, like, mechanical bulls are controlled by a person. Yeah. It's not just a robot. It's just some dude, like... With a joystick, I'm pretty sure. So, it's someone basically being an asshole towards you. Right. So, if you don't... Yeah. That person, like, controlling the mechanical bull makes a snap judgment about what kind of person you are and decides how hard they're going to hurt you, basically. Pretty much. That's bonkers. Right? Um, fully surprised. So, Beast essentially calls... Or, or, or like, the MC calls out Mm -hmm. Will Schuster... Or, shouts out Will Schuster, rather. The MC shouts out Will Schuster... And then they invite him to come up and sing. Okay. I am 1,000% surprised, one, Kristen Chenoweth was not there, and therefore, two, that they didn't sing Fire again. If only. I mean, they had to sing a song about alcohol, which Fire is not about. But right. I just, at first I was like, oh, Western Bar, I'm not so sure. But then they cut to the shot of all the line dancing and cowboy boots, and I was like, never mind, I love this. It's I, so, like, that, cowboy camp, and I'm here for it. Right. And that that looks fun. Like, that kind right? of thing. I've actually never done line dancing at a bar or anything, but it looks fun. I'd have, like you'd have to time. be the right level of drunk, I think, for it to be fun. But right. I've been in white person line dances before, and they're typically a good time. Add some cowboy cool. boots, and what's not to love? Um, yeah. I will say they're... The meme that goes around that's like, oh, I didn't learn about taxes, but I did get a line dancing class in gym. Yeah. Fully the story of my high school. Oh, uh, yeah. We learned to do the cha-cha slide, a song that has the instructions in the words. <laughs> yeah. And it took oh, us so like two we. weeks. I just remembered. It's like two weeks of learning how to do a, a dance where the instructions are laid out in front of you. Yeah. Public school education, man. man. Um, so, Will and Beast sing a duet of one bourbon, one shot, and one beer. You know what this reminded me of? I know I'm going on a lot of tangents tonight, and I, I apologize, but I'm not sorry. No. This reminded me of that episode of Bob's Burgers, mm-hmm. where um, Linda gets a job at the Trader Joe's Yes. Beer, and she brings the kids to help her out, and Louise is just walking around with the price gun in the alcohol aisle going... Dollar whiskey, dollar scotch, dollar bourbon, dollar crotch. Yes. And just price tags a person's crotch. And that made me laugh. This was, um, I knew, um, I knew vaguely, I'm like, they're singing an alcohol song. And I couldn't yes. remember, like, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. But I could remember the line from Chumbawamba's I Get Knocked Down and or Tub Thumping, where it's about, and I was like, they've had to do, like, you drink a whiskey drink, you drink, you drink a vodka drink. drink. Yo, I would have peed if, if that was a mashup with tub thumping. Oh my god. Yo. Someone oh get man. on this. One bourbon, Someone one get scotch, on this. That one is a beer mis- tub thumping mashup. Yes. Oh my god. 
Oh man, I'm I know a missed opportunity now. Um, they sound fine. It, that's a song. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer is a song that has a lot of talk singing in the middle of it. They right. sort of just I'm... talk and then sing the the chorus. But everyone's really into it. And I do love. There is something. This is a good environment to do this. There's something about a room yeah. full of drunk people who all know the words to the chorus you're singing and you're all just yelling it together. Like that's a vibe. I'll give it to. And Will. to your point. And I know, like, the theme here is alcohol yeah. and songs about which. I'm mildly surprised, though, that they didn't do Friends in Low Places. Yeah, that really would have been. Because that is peak middle America drunk white people yeah. singing at the top of their lungs. Even I know the words to the chorus if I've got Friends in Low Places, and I have sang along to it. I have done. I, I I think I know them. I've never sung along to it. You got it. Once it's happening, you're you're you can't stop it. You're just like you're right. I do have friends in low places. <laughs> Sometimes uh, the country music strikes you, whether you want it to or not. Ugh. Oh lordy. Um. And then he says, "Drinks on me," and I went on a teacher's salary. Right. That's a crowded bar. I don't care how much of a dive bar. it is. That's like, even if you can get a good deal on your drinks. You're Even if a it's big like two for ones, yeah. Yes, we cut to Rachel and Kurt talking about her date. Um, <laughs> Blaine is going to be the first of a long line of conflicted men you will date. Yeah, Kurt's everything. Basically, everything Kurt says in this speech, he calls calls Rachel a hag. Like, talks right. about how she's going to date a lot of gay boys because she's into musical theater. Right. Um, and I will. I will say. Our fucking universe has collided in that monologue. I know. When he said, when he said, you're going to argue over who would be the better rum tum tugger. Which, of course, who would be the better rum tum tugger between Blaine and Rachel? Yo, I'm fully surprised. If Darren Chris Mm -hmm. were the rum tum tugger in that god awful production, uh, not production, that god awful movie of Cats. It would have been. Would have been been substantially better on principle. Would have been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He would be a great tugger. I hate to admit it, but it's true. Um, At one point, the only thing that Kurt said that I liked was Rachel's, like, describing their date and what they did and how they talked about, like, they went to a screening and they dressed up as the characters. And Kurt, very kind of quietly in the background, goes, that's not gay at all. Which I'm like, rude, but you're right, though. (laughs) What movie did they go see? I don't remember, but it it did sound like, that's a pretty gay-sounding date. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um... So he cuts to Beast, brings Will back to his home, and he is drunk. Yes. Um, he- and he says sometimes drinking is fun. And they get into this whole, like, they get into this whole thing, like, yeah, drinking can be fun. It's a good way to blow off steam, but you gotta take care of yourself. Right. Like, it's not, we're not teenagers anymore. Right. Um, the best we can do is make them aware of the dangers and hope they're smart enough to make a good decision. And this was where I was like, yeah, this yes. is the, this is the, honest episode about teenage yes, this drinking is where they handled it well general. they talked about how yes. you're probably not gonna be able to stop them they also like shout out that uh will and beast did not drive then took a taxi that day um yes. will is considerably drunker because he matched drink for drink with beast and she clearly has a higher tolerance than him right makes sense yeah they talked about how um, yeah like it's not it shouldn't be a drinking shouldn't be vilified but you do just need to be honest and like careful about it which like yeah fair right all very valid i guess b says drink a lot of water and i'm like that's valid and then we cut to him drunk grading papers oh my god then we drunk to we cut to like just a scene that i it's just so sad 
Will, like, gets another beer because he's at that stage of drinking when you're like, yeah, why not keep this going? He's grading. This is when I was like, Will, you went out on a school night? Like, you have to work tomorrow and you got that trash? It was absolutely Thirsty Thursday. And you still had work to do when you get home? Like, it's one thing if you're like, I already finished my grading. I'll go, we'll go out tonight. I'll show a movie tomorrow. But... But he still had grading papers to do? What I want to know, millennial listeners, or even younger, like, older Gen Z listeners, anyone who might be a teacher. Yeah. Have any of y'all done this? Have any of y'all graded papers drunk on a school night? Yeah. Write in. I want to know how that went. Tell us about that. You can write in anonymously if you want. We won't share your name. Truly judgment-free zone. I'm genuinely curious. TikTok um, would lead me to believe that at least some teachers have gone out with their friends, like, but have they tried to do any grading? Unclear. Well, and that's the thing, is, like, we cut to the next day where he's in the hallway, Hold clearly on. hungover. First, we see the beginnings of oh, Will shit. drunk dialing and starting to leave a voicemail that's, like, <laughs> Zach's critique was, he's like, those kids are way better than Will at pretending to be drunk for acting. Like, <laughs> Pat Morrison did not do the best of a super drunk acting. He did sound like someone who was like, you know what being drunk sounds like. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll just... Yeah, yeah totally, totally, yeah, sure. I got uh-huh, this, got yeah, this, totally. got this. Cool, 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 so, cool, cool, yes, cool, cool. we cut to school after he starts to have drunk dialed. Someone we're led to believe it's Emma. We are led to believe it's Emma, or potentially Terry, for that yes. matter. Yes. Just because, one, they had a recent thing. Right. And two, I noticed her name is still in the credits, even though yes. she probably but just isn't But he scrolls to, anymore. like, work contacts on his phone. He gets to school, mm. and he does apologize to Emma for yes. the message he left. So he believes he called Emma, and she's like, no, I don't, uh... What are you talking about? Yo, short fucking scene, but Jesus Christ, call out, Will. Get a substitute. Oh my god, you're that hungover, you should not be coming you're... into work. Absolutely. You probably shouldn't be driving. No. Also, this was where Emma was like, Will, you're well into your 30s. And I freaked out because he was fully 29 no, last season. Ages don't matter. They've made them up. <laughs> Fine. At least now you know you're not the same age as Will Schuster. Thank fucking Christ. He's older and sadder than you. Oh, thank you for saying that. And he always will be. That's the best part. You're a good friend. <laughs> You're a good friend. Uh-oh. Um, we find out Will did not, in fact, call Emma. So he must. He's like, who did he call? He's like, I must have just dreamed it. Right. Bum bum bum. Bum bum. bum. Cut to Curtin Burton making a souffle. Yep, it didn't come out very well. It was definitely falling. No. Souffles are hard though, so that's a big thing to start with. Yeah. Yeah, to start with. Yeah. Like start with, start with like eggs over easy right which is already hard enough um they have a little right. heart to heart uh kurt's upset yeah. start with toast yeah, um honestly kurt's upset to toast kurt's upset that obviously blaine when it's like exploring this thing with rachel um kurt's dad decides to bring up the like how that he was uncomfortable with the sleepover and they mm-hmm. both raise some fair points like Kurt's like, well, this wasn't a guy that I'm dating, so it shouldn't be a big deal. You wouldn't care if Finn had a guy that, like, just a friend stay over. And, right. But then, like, 
Bert kind of counters it with like, well, I wouldn't be comfortable with him having just a girl stay over even if it wasn't someone he was dating. And right. they go back and forth. They basically read, like, they do some, they just, they had, hadn't communicated about this aspect of Kurt's new friendship slash relationship. They needed to. They do. It goes basically fine. We love a Kurt and Bert moment. Yeah. That more or less was just kind of sorted out right yep. there. We're, Very healthy. And then, except they drop a little hint that Kurt asks his dad to get educated on on, on gay sex, basically, so he can yeah. have the talk <laughs> with his son. That bit was pretty weird just because he was like, I don't know what you do. Yeah. I saw Brokeback Mountain. I was just like, okay, there's a tent. I'm like, what? He's like, something what? happened in that tent. You're like, something that happened in the tent. I'm like, I, yeah, okay. I, I think you can figure it out, Bert. But he doesn't want to know the specifics, and Kurt is kind of like, well, you might need to learn some specifics because who else am I going to talk to? Then they get drunk and perform Kesha. Okay, yeah. This was. Brittany is lead on this. She says, like, good. <laughs> she says, Kesha's been a cultural icon for like a week. I don't want to let her down. And I was like, oh, honestly, man. facts, because. Kesha, I mean, it's been a couple of years at this point, but that is basically how people felt about Kesha. And also, correct, is an icon. This had some really good Britney lines in yeah. it. And I forget what the other one was, but that was one of them. Um, this number rocked. I love that she was leading this, yes. of all people. Um, Rachel makes them all take a shot of, like, worse than jungle juice. Everything that was left in her dad's liquor cabinet mixed together with some grape Kool-Aid yes. and cough syrup. So they all do a drink of that right before they go on stage. Like on mm -hmm. Broadway. Just like Just Broadway. Just like Broadway. And they perform as Figgins announces it, that they will be singing a hit song by Kate Dallahai. And then he says the title of the song is Tick, Tick and, and Also, also Talk. talk. <laughs> I love that. I fucking That's love that. That's such a good line. I'm just such like such an out of touch, line. hilarious reading of this song. Um, oh yeah. TikTok was a cultural moment. The song, not the app. The app also is for other reasons, but like. Right. This was the cultural moment of 2010, 2011. Yeah, this song definitely came out in 2010 before I got to college because I remember listening to it like the summer after I graduated. So. Right. It's a moment. It's a great song. It slaps. Britney sounds great doing it. Obviously, it's clearly auto-tuned, but that is how the song sounds, so I think it's kind of forgivable. It felt, yeah. It felt like a map of that. Yeah, um, like, it, they're not trying to... It's that, it's that auto-tune that's so clearly hearable that it's an effect, not a cover-up, as it were. Right. But And she does a full cooter slam yep. in the middle of it, followed by multiple vomits. Yeah, I had to not watch that part. I knew it was coming, and I was like, and now we avert... Um, and this was the other like excellent Britney line where it just ends. It black it blacks out on her going. Everyone drink responsibly. Yeah, I would have loved to see a full performance of this sans vomit. Like I wish they had shot it fully through, and yeah. I could see them doing the whole song because the choreography was good and I like this song. But it's a very good moment. Um, yes. it was released a full version as a single. Good. So you can't listen to it. But yeah, this scene was great. Um. The Glee Club really can't perform in the as an assembly without something fucking happening to them. That's true. Finn said it, and it's still they're true. They're zero for three. We then cut to Becky playing. The oh little my god, little thingy, grease homage! A little yes. grease homage. We love to see yes. it. Yes, and followed. It's followed by Sue <sighs> doing this doomsday speech over the PA yeah. system, which. 
was very wonderfully shot with all these people like Emma just staring out the window over like a cloudy day. Right. So good. Um, and she says, we all still quake in terror from what we saw yesterday from a glee club. <laughs> and then proceeds to play over the PA system the voicemail that Will Schuster left I for her. I hated this so much. Hated, hated it. Hated it. The secondhand embarrassment was strong. It, the cringiest message Will could have left. He says the line at one point. He starts it out with like a very slurred like, hey, sexy lady, which is a bad yes. way to start a voicemail. At one point he to says, anyone. I wrote a bull and I was thinking of you. Disgusting. Absolutely not. We do not ever want to hear Will saying anything about writing anything and thinking of anyone. No. The vibes. Rancid. Rancid. This, I hated it from tip to top. Like, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Bad, bad, bad. Um, and also on top of that, just the whole revenge porn aspect yeah. of it from, like, yeah, Will, that was cringy and awful and you shouldn't have done that regardless. Sue, Sue you should not have done that either. Nope. Bad all around. The only good part. But sandwiched. Yeah. But sandwiched with, with the xylophone. With the, xylo- the only good part was the Grease homage xylophone. <laughs> I almost watched Grease live the other day. As you should. It's the perfect show. Um. Um, so, yeah, they meet in the Glee Club. Will is like, students are like, aren't you a bit of a hypocrite telling us? Oh, they first go to Figgins office. That's it. Where he's like, yes. you're going to get in trouble. And she's and Quinn is like, well, look at you. Uh, because you're, you just got called out for being wicked drunk on a school night. So, And wasn't it, it wasn't right there that Santana was like, how about you crack a four loco count boozy von Drunkaton? Yes. I had to write that down word for word because that was just chef's yes. kiss, Santana line, chef's kiss, burn. But... Figgins believes that the Glee Club uh, staged that, staged the vomit as a way to show the dangers of uh, drinking. He thinks they did a great job. He gives them all gift cards, I believe, and sends them on their way. Half-off frozen yogurt, honestly. Good deal. Good deal. I'd love some half-off frozen yogurt. That shit can add up. So there's no consequences for anyone's actions, except maybe Will's. Except for Will. Yeah, because maybe he's a sex addict now, question mark. Right? So they go back to Glee Club. Everyone's like, how can you tell us about the dangers of drinking? You're, you did that. And Will's like, fine. I'm going to tell you now. I'm giving up drinking. Not even one beer at the end of the night. And you're like, oh, now it's getting preachy. And then he started yeah. handing out pledge forms. And then I'm like, ugh, because I hate pledge now forms. Now it's really getting preachy, yeah. Pledge forms are the ultimate preachy sign. And, yes. And it's just like, promise me you won't drink, at least till the end of nationals, because, you know, or regionals, like, you got to prepare your bodies and if you do slip up here's my cell phone number you can call me anytime and i'll come get you truly could have just had that piece of it and it would have been fine also like i know they're like close but something about calling a teacher to try to come get you like feels weird it just feels like a boundary that shouldn't really be crossed also why does so will says here's my cell phone number and sam goes yes yeah he does and i was like why why where where have we ever been like oh sam just really wants to hang out with will schuster on a sunday afternoon no one after church should be excited to get their teacher's cell phone number i guess unless he's looking to play like some sick pranks on him but right i mean i will say like i feel like i might have had um my drama club 
teacher's yeah. cell phone number. Like, I know we had contact numbers for everyone for, like, the spring musical. and Fair. As, but as a club thing, but it's, I guess, I mean, not I guess. I th- I'm i pretty sure it was just under the understanding, like, you're not going to call me on a Wednesday night to say, hey, what's up, hello. Right. You were responsible theater kids. And the bottom line, no one wants to see you get hurt. Right. Great. Yep. Perfect. Like Fine. Totally. You read the pledge forms and you had a good enough ending. Yeah. Could have ended the episode there, but instead we got to finish out this is Blaine gay right. or bi or yes. European. Exactly. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, so, Kurt brings up a really good point here where he says, so either you get hurt and I don't want to see that, or you walk off with the dude that I have a crush on right. that I would like to date, and there's no victory in this for me. Right. And Leah Michelle. Or Rachel Berry, rather. Yeah. Uh, apologies. Yeah. Right. Um, the response is immediately, who cares? I'm getting a new boyfriend who can keep up with me vocally and we can have vaguely Eurasian children. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Oof. Yeah, so. Walks up to him, plants one on him. Um. And um, Blaine's not into it. He confirms. Yeah. He's like, nope, I'm gay. Because now. Fully decided. Thank you for clearing that up for me. Great. Fine. And now Rachel has songwriting gold material. Yeah, kissing a gay man, I guess, is what she needed. None of the previous teenage heartbreaks, which, as we know from one Olivia Rodrigo, you can make a whole album out of, and it will go hard. A whole album. It's a great album. Yeah. But no, Rachel wants to write about accessories and trying to date Blaine. Fine. Sure. At least they didn't shoehorn another song in, though. I was kind of glad about that. I thought there was going to be... A Rachel Berry 11 o'clock number and there wasn't so I'll take it small victories yeah. yeah well that's the episode that is that's how they blame it on the alcohol that is that is how um a pretty light episode for songs um yeah if you were hoping to buy Rachel Berry's original song my headband I'm sorry to say that that one's not available on iTunes I know. Everyone's disappointed. But our other four songs were all released as singles, and today you get to choose one. So, mm-hmm. if you were to come and spend your hard-earned money for, I guess, maybe while you were drinking, I don't know. <laughs> maybe you want to... to take that box office check. Yeah, and go... For $8. And you're gonna buy yourself some boxed wine and a song to listen to while you drink it. Are you picking from this episode, Don't You Want Me, Blame It on the Alcohol, one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer, or tick and also talk. Oh man, I'm torn. Yeah. Um, oh man. Okay, I. Uh, There's some good ones. This one for an episode. There is, yeah. Okay, I, I think I know what your answer is going to okay. be. Or I'm ban- or I'm just kind of banking on thinking I know what your answer is okay. going to be. So I'm going to say I'm going to buy TikTok. That's fair. That's a good answer. Tick and also talk. Yes. I really love I really love Britney doing that. Yeah. Um, and we need to have more Britney songs in our life. Yeah, and I think it would be a fun song cuz I'm also thinking about like the wild wild playlist that we would Yeah, that would to. go on there for sure. That would go on it as the Britney version. Yes. And then maybe also the Kesha version cuz you're like why not to? Why not both? Absolutely. Um what about you? I I do have to go with the Blaine Rachel Don't You Want Me duet. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I love the duet. Yeah. I already like that song. It's right in my like 
wheelhouse of favorite kinds of music. So I, I just, I gotta. They sound great. Good song. Love to hear it. They do. And then we can put both songs on, on the playlist. playlist. Amazing. And then we have a full set. Beautiful. And then yeah. at the late night, somehow we're accidentally listening to the Will Schuster sing one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer, and then no one knows how we got here. <laughs> I'm Sounds like us. pleasantly surprised that overall we liked this episode. Like, it definitely has yeah. some weird some weird points in it that not to be overlooked, but, like, generally, not bad. Yeah. Welcome back to Glee Aggressive, an episode that's not bad. Yeah. We've seen worse. We have seen worse, and we will continue to see worse. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I thought about this today. Like, oh, this is where Glee has hit its stride, according to like my friends who have seen. Yeah. The so I'm I'm afraid to see where it goes next. Yeah. Anyway, the show is at Glee Aggressive, gleeaggressive at gmail dot com. Write us in at uh, Longform. Yeah. Wise. Write us in and tell us what kind of drunk girl you are. Yes, please. We genuinely want to know. Or comment uh, under our Instagram yeah. post about it. What kind it. of drunk girl know. are you? We're all, we yeah. all have one, and we're all sorry that we know, but we do. Um, Ian, where can people find you? You can find me at iBrodsky on Twitter and Instagram, uh, iBrods on TikTok, uh, ianjbrodsky.com. Mm-hmm. Um, my show was pushed back because of COVID, but it should be happening this Saturday. Uh, I was going to yeah, it is January. Yeah, it's January. January 15th, uh, Rockwood, stage two, 7 p.m. Come join us. Uh, where can people find you, Karina? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and on Tick and also Talk on all under the same handle at Epic Adventure of... That's the greatest gift of this show, this episode, is tick and also talk. And also talk, I'm yeah. think about that I'm forever. I'm gonna have to remember that one, um, yeah. yeah. you can find me there. It's happening. Yeah. Um, right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. If you are so inclined, feel free to uh, tell your friends about the show, rate, review, subscribe. We love... Yes, please. Any help we can get, because we love doing this, and we love all of you. So... Yes. Very, very happy to be back tonight. Yes. Spread the love. And join us next week. So uh, we've just watched season two, episode 14. Join us next week for season two, episode 15, entitled Sexy. Oh, boy. Mm. Uh-oh. This could Uh-oh. go several places. Uh-oh. Which does lead me to ask, Ian, does that episode of Glee make you want to watch that next episode of Glee? I guess. Yeah. What about, are you afraid of the fact that it's entitled Sexy? I'm afraid, but also... I'm excited and scared. That's How to Watch Glee 101.